HIV-AIDS affects 35 million people worldwide. Although the number of new infections is slowly decreasing, last year it still caused 1 million deaths. The virus, HIV, attacks the body's immune system by infecting white blood cells, also called lymphocytes. I'm Lewis Thompson, and I've been finding out what the future holds for treatment and what it's like to be diagnosed with the virus. But first, how does HIV actually cause AIDS? Here's Professor Andrew Lever from the University of Cambridge who researches the virus. HIV gets into these lymphocytes and often just kills them or disrupts their function, and gradually the immune system becomes less and less able to deal with other infections and cancers. So after a number of years, the immune system is so disabled that people are prone to getting infections with things that they should normally be able to cope with. This weakening of the immune system, which HIV causes, is otherwise known as AIDS, Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. I spoke to one individual who was recently diagnosed with having HIV. I was first diagnosed four weeks ago. I'd been in hospital for a week already, being looked after for glandular fever and temperatures of 104 degrees and a horrible rash all over my body. I had no idea what was going on. Um, And then after five days, I was sent home and then I got called back in the next day to be told that three of my tests, two were positive, one was negative to HIV. And, you know, as it started to sink in, all my emotions were coming out. I thought, well, that's impossible. I could hear the nurse talking to me. I had all these voices in my head. And the worst one was mine which was, what next? When HIV was first discovered in the 1980s, there was no cure. Now, treatment is available, which suppresses the virus and stops it infecting more of the immune cells. However, this treatment has to be taken every day and can often have severe side effects. The hardest thing about treatment is not knowing what's going to happen to your body. I was throwing up, and I don't know what I was throwing up because I I hadn't eaten solid food for about three weeks. And this is a side effect of the pills. And then the other kind of non-chemical side effect to these pills is how you deal with it day to day. I have to take them at the same time every day. I have to eat, make sure I've got a full stomach. Well, I'm not hungry. I don't want to eat. My food doesn't taste like food. Chicken tastes like cardboard. Vegetables just taste like God knows what. I went from 11 and a half stone, I'm down to eight and a half stone. Scientists are now trying to develop a treatment which will not just suppress the virus, but get rid of it completely. Back to Andrew Lever. One of the big problems is that the virus, sometimes when it goes into a cell, it doesn't just make new virus, it goes into a silent sleeping state called latency. And these latently infected lymphocytes can persist for many, many years, 30 or 40 years in the host. And this is one reason why, even though we suppress the virus for many, many years, as soon as we stop treatment, the virus bounces back from these latent pools, these latent reservoirs. So what we're aiming to do is to try and hunt down the latent reservoirs. While we treat people with suppressive antiretroviral therapy, we try and reactivate this virus and at the same time stimulate the immune system so it's really very, very good at recognizing an infected cell when the virus comes back to life. And what we hope is that by this so-called kick-and-kill or shock-and-kill process, we can gradually wake up the sleeping viruses and get the immune system to kill off the cells they're in and slowly erode the number of latent cells and erode this virus reservoir. Eventually, we hope to get to the stage where there's no longer any detectable virus and perhaps optimistically in 10, 20 years' time, we'll be approaching that. 
It's worth emphasising that although we still can't eradicate the virus, the progress that's been made in treating HIV worldwide is absolutely stunning. And there's two things about this. One is we're very good at suppressing the virus. The other thing is the very large number of people that now have access to HIV treatment. When you think about it, some 50 years or so ago, it wasn't the norm for wealthy Western countries to support treatment of epidemics in countries which were less wealthy than themselves. But these days, it's the norm. This is a good model, a good altruistic model for treatment of disease worldwide. And the great thing about it is it's really working. And virtually everywhere in the world that you go, you see the number of people newly diagnosed with HIV is going down. And not only that, if you suppress the virus in the person who's infected, they become less infectious. So they're less able to infect new people. And that's making a huge contribution to the decline in HIV worldwide. Having said that, there's still a lot of it around. There's still around 35 million people infected. Last year, about 2 million new infections occurred and about a million people died. So we've still got a way to go. But we've made fantastic progress and we shouldn't underestimate that. That was Professor Andrew Lever telling us about the future of HIV research.